$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Yeah, and so every so it's for everybody it's different, but I, I think that war- my warning thing would be don't get sold into a high deductible plan because you really want this health savings account that's all over TikTok. Right, <laughs> exactly. Hello, and welcome to Planet Itch's podcast, Future Itch. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest today, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I am great. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Um, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I will just, before we dive into it, I'll tell our listeners that you uh, were excited about open enrollment at your company and thought that that made sense to come on the show so we could talk about your benefits. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like this is hopefully a good time for a lot of your listeners um, by the way, Barbara, everything that you publish and put out there, I think is fantastic. And I love the fact that you are helping in general, everyone, but especially women become more financially literate. And I think this is this is something I'm passionate about. I lead a team of primarily all women. And this actually came up on our team meeting last week in terms of open enrollments coming on. What's the difference between HSA and FSA? So I think this is perfectly timed. Oh, amazing. I very much appreciate that. And I will say you're the first person to send me your I think you're my first person to send me a benefit, a benefits package like this. There you go. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we're going to dive into all the benefits. You have very interesting ones, but why don't we, why don't you let our listeners know how old you are, where you are, what you do, your income, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, my name is Kelly. I live in the Chicago metro area. I've been here for about two years, have moved around um, various times with the company I'm with. Uh, I work in marketing for a food and beverage company and um, I'm 37 and uh, I just bought a condo, which is, I know, another big financial investment. So I've been listening to some of your podcasts too about how to consider, uh, you know, when you want to save and things like that. So um, definitely made that big purchase. And I think anything else, Barbara, that I missed? No, that's it. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited. But, you know, as I sent you my kind of outline of my expenses and everything, it's as you get that first mortgage payment, you're like, Ooh, okay. This feels a little bit different than <laughs> paying. Rent. Feels real. Yeah. We're in the major leagues, you know? Absolutely. Well, that's a, a big move. Can I ask? Um, I will go through, I have all of your, I have a very beautiful color coded spreadsheet, uh, spreadsheet <laughs> yep, here, yep. which I love not required, but I do love. Um, will you tell our listeners, um, what did you get for a mortgage rate? Because that's been kind of just a touchy topic lately. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, I had a longer close. My close was 60 days, which I think is important to take into account. But so I started my journey just in terms of time. Um, today's, you know, it's early November. I started my search right around July 4th. And I didn't actually make an offer until the middle of July. Um, so at the time, the rates were different, which is why I just give that context. But they were hovering between six and a half and seven. 
And I actually got 6.85, which I, I feel like for now is really good. I know um, I have some friends that are yes. looking and it's in the eights already. So, um, but I will also say, and I know you are a proponent of this as well. These rates are still so much more historically lower than they've been when our parents were buying. So like it is worse than 3%, but it's better than 15%. <laughs> so you have to like kind of take it as it comes. Uh, you were the first person to acknowledge that. I was going to say, um, yeah, so my father's first mortgage was actually, I think he said it was 18%. Wow. He must have like yeah. gotten the highest mortgage out there, like the mm-hmm. historical high. But the average for an FHA loan, so since they've been, since we've had standardized mortgages, the average is around somewhere seven. That's your average. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good perspective because- Yes, it is higher than three. Three was a historical low, but over the scheme of mortgages, you've you've come in around the average, and you can always refinance mm-hmm. if it goes down. Yeah. Like if it goes yeah. down to six or five and a half, you'll just refinance. But yeah, had you waited, it would have just gotten wor- worse. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I feel like you know, if you have the financial capital to do so, it and it makes sense for you, great. But yeah, uh, in case any of your listeners are considering purchasing a home, I highly recommend. Nice. Five stars. Um, five stars. Yeah. Five stars. So, and then what did you do a 30 year fix? Yes. 30 year fix. You got it. Perfect. Okay, good. So let's go through your, okay. So your income, your annual yeah. income, your gross is 200. Let me get my spreadsheet up. 245,000. Yeah. And with then all the you, benefits and all that jazz. Included. Yeah. With all your benefits, you have great benefits. We're going to go mm-hmm. through. And then, yeah. so you get paid twice a month. And mm-hmm. so you take home 10,300 a month. You got it. Okay. And this is not including a bonus. Correct. This is pre-bonus. This is pre-bonus. This is just like your base salary. W-2, yeah. My base salary is that 10,300 10, a month um, after taxes. And then of course I get one bonus. Um, usually around March, April timeframe, which is included in my W-2, but of course not something I see every month. Exactly. Okay, perfect. So we're living on the 10,300. Mm-hmm. Great. So that comes in, that's your monthly number. And then your mortgage, which was, as you said, w- is higher than what your previous was rent was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So your so like first mortgage was, payment. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I was going to say my rent was, um, I was renting a two bedroom and it was kind of a steal. It's $2,600. Which I know for some people is like, oh my God, that's crazy. But in Chicago, it's not. Um, <laughs> and then my mortgage, even, you know, putting, um, I put about 12% down. Um, and then with that, you know, uh, 6.85, it's just under 4,000. So it's 39.47. And then I do have some like HOA fees and stuff like that. Okay, perfect. And so, and then we have your gym. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your credit cards, which you just pay off monthly. So those are just... Yeah. Yeah. 400, 500. Are Pel- are. Yeah. Yep. Um, Peloton, uh, 44, HOA fee, 189, Comcast, 60, Netflix, 1673. We're going to talk about this. Your Audi payment. Yep. Uh, Audi, Audi. How do you say no, it? Audi. I, I, I go with Audi. <laughs> okay. Uh, 7-19-82. Storage is 182. You save, which I love. It just comes out auto to yeah. um, Ally, 500 a month. Yeah. And then ComEd is 101, Audible 14, and then gas 83. So mm-hmm. your monthly expenses come to, we'll just round it up, 6,900 yeah. a month, including the mortgage and your savings because you already added 500 yes. into there. Yep, exactly. Perfect. And so 6,900, you have wiggle room every month. Every month, just we'll just say for simplicity's sake, about 3,000, not including the bonus. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. 
which I will have questions for you once we get that bonus too. I'd love to do another episode and talk about like how we should think about it. Yeah. I kind of got a recommendation many years ago in terms of how to spend your bonus, but you know, as I'm like, you know, continuing to advance my career and the dollars are getting larger, it's, and as I don't have any student loan debt anymore, um, it's kind of like, what do I do with all this? Oh, did you have student loan debt? I did, but I paid it off three years ago. Oh, amazing. And what was that taking up out of your budget? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Was it a lot? It it was like maybe a thousand dollars a month, which is is, is yeah, a lot. A lot. I also went to, I have an MBA, so I went to grad school and it was kind of, I, I refinanced with them. So if I, um, okay. but yeah, I, I paid that off in 20, I think 2020. Um, Fantastic. So, okay. Yeah, so you're a free, a free bird. You just have the, the car loan and the mortgage. You got it. Perfect. And then let's talk about your savings. So you have sure. a total of everything combined of just over 500,000, 514,000 saved. So you have Mm-hmm. 149,000 in a rollover IRA, you have 321,000 yeah. in change in your 401k. And then your liquid savings, yeah. you have 8700. And then in your ally, the one where you're transferring the money to you have just about 35,000. Yeah. And so one thing I would love to understand is so Chase, I keep like, you know, just shy of 9k and I like Chase quote unquote savings, the rate is super low. I think it's like 0.025%, which is mm-hmm. like 11 cents a month, which is laughable. Nothing. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nothing. Um, and so I moved into Ally Financial, which like, I'm not trying to plug it, but I think it's great. It's basically a high is... yield savings account is what I think you would call it, right? Yep. It is great. I use Ally as well. Yeah. And so um, that interest rate is just over 4%. So, I mean, if you think about it, why would you give somebody your money to get a quarter versus four times, right? So, right. Or, I mean, whatever. But so that's kind of what I've been moving uh, funds into, and um, it's done well for me. You know, I've made a couple hundred dollars of interest every quarter, which is great. But so I guess I would say, like, my total liquidity, if I look at this, is just about like what forty-two thousand. Yeah. Um, if I if I ever needed it, because obviously with like home expenses, yes. you just never know. You so never like, know. I'm like yeah. the grim reaper of like you never <laughs> yes. know what you're exactly. going to spend money on. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's great. I think that if Chase is linked to like your working account, like your checking yep. account where you pay your mm-hmm. bills and mm-hmm. that's your like emergency that's like tied to your checking, you could maybe dial that down a little if you wanted to just because of your point. Like you can't even buy a postage stamp, you know, with what they're paying you. Right. So <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> which is true. true. So if you wanted to say like, I'll just leave 4000 or 5000 there so that if, you know, there's a random expense that comes up. It's immediately tied. You're checking in savings that liquid savings. And then sure. you could do the rest over. So you Ally. could take, yeah, you could do like 3,700 back over to Ally and bump that okay. up because mm-hmm. as you know, it just takes a couple of days to get back to your regular working account. So then yeah. that yep. liquid savings, just that buffer, but I don't mm-hmm. know that you need 9,000 as the buffer. Sure. Okay. Got it. And in terms of the, um, and I know everybody's different, but when we think about, um, where I am having just over half a million between an IRA from a previous employer, a 401k, and then just some savings that I've, you know, um, accumulated that feels where I am in terms of my like life stage. Like I will be set up for success when it comes to retirement. Yeah. Because, you know, interestingly enough, you have two times your salary saved yep. your income. Yeah. Um, and you bought a home, you have an yep. MBA, you've paid off your school loans. So you've kind of done a lot of the really big extensive things. Cause I would, yep. I would think that the MBA probably helped you get into this role because you have a very Correct. high income, yeah. right? So yeah. that yeah. was a good return on that investment. And yeah. then now you own your own home, so you're building equity there. 
so yeah, I think that this is a good spot to be at 37. So we could just, everyone knows I love to play out the numbers. So the rule of 72 means if your money is earning 7.2% compounding interest, which it is probably not this year, mm-hmm. but that's the average, you know, if you were to use that as an average. So that means from 37, if you didn't add money, and we're going to talk about your benefits because you have fantastic benefits. Um, but if we didn't add another dollar and you just said, I'm done saving, you know, for retirement, not adding another dollar, neither is my company. 514 would go from 514. We'll just use round numbers. And so at 47, it's a million and change, right? Uh, Using the 7.2% compounding in interest. That's the assumption that we're making, which is just a a projection hypothetical. So then at 57, you would have 2 million, right? Correct. And then at 67, because 67 is a more realistic time to retire, and I'm going to say why, that's 4 million. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So at 4 million, you would want to be pulling a percentage off of that. But even if you were pulling, I mean, probably 4%, you would be pulling in around what you're making now a bit under, but I think that's a good number without having added anything. And obviously from 37 to 67, there's a lot that can happen. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the hard things. And the reason why I like 67 as a number versus 57 has more to do with the fact that when you are acute in the accumulation stage of your life where you are actively contributing to your accounts, mm-hmm. right? You're adding. And then at a certain point you're in the distribution stage. That would be the re- retirement stage sure. where instead of yeah. adding yeah. to your accounts, your accounts, you're feeding your accounts for 30 years. Yes. Yeah. And now the account yeah. has to feed you, right? You have to take money out of it. It's there to support yeah. you. So if you look at it from an actuarial standpoint at 67 as a female, depending on where you are, but at, if you've made it to 67, mm-hmm. the older you are, the more likely you're continue to be older, right? So yeah, your, your odds get better as you get older that you're going to keep living. <laughs> Is that all? It's, I think that's interesting, that's but the statistics yeah, get better. So, okay. and, and as a female, you could plan to have 30 years where you're spending your money, which would take you to age 97. And some people say, I'll never live to be 97. But I have women walk in my office every day that are 90. So if they only plan to 90, well, you're kind of in trouble, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So you want to have like a more even like accumulation distribution. I like to even up the accumulation versus the distribution if you look at it like a seesaw. So if you're only accumulating assets for 25 years and then we're planning potentially on distributing assets for 45, the seesaw is a little off balance. Yeah. I think it's fair if you just think like logically, like if I'm feeding an account for 30 years, it should be able to feed me back for 30, right? It's when that like distribution's a little off. And it's not to say that you don't retire at 57 because we're going to talk about how much money is getting added to these accounts. Right. But just like high level, I think that what you've saved is great. And you've also ticked off some of the really big expenses like an MBA and the down payment, right? So you have a lot under your belt at this point, plus a good, a healthy savings. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel good. You just never know kind of like (laughs) where you are. And again, like comparison is not great because everybody's No, isn't it the thief of joy? Comparison is the thief of joy. Okay. I have to share this with you. So I feel like your listeners will appreciate this. So I I love that quote. Comparison is is the thief of joy. I just read um, Adam Grant. I don't know if, if you follow him, but He's a behavioral psychologist and he's got some great um, clips and research on, you know, organizational um, behavior and stuff like that. But his new concept is comparison is not the thief of joy. Envy is, which I thought was like, great. It's like true. Like when you want, anyways, I I digress. So, but I I love that. So keep going. (laughs) Yeah, no, I like that too. And also the hard part is everybody wants to know what's the right number. Yeah. It's, 
And we have an expert, Manisha Thakur. Hopefully, I'm saying her name right, but she just uh, wrote the book Money Zen. And Ooh, okay, I've got to look yeah, at that one. Look at that one, and the, it's a, a great interview. But it talks about like what is enough for you. Yeah. Like, like, but what what's the right number for you might not be the right number with someone with a very similar situation. It all depends right. on your own life, what your goals are, and that's why this is so personal because. Just because your makeup financially is the same as somebody else doesn't mean you have the same goals and outlooks and you should have the same plan for distribution or whatever or retirement, right? Like, so you might retire at 57 and that might be great for you, but it doesn't mean it's great for somebody else. Right, so, right. But in theory, right now, when we have 30 years and there's so many unknown variables, I think you're definitely on the right track. Um, and I think that you have great income. You're obviously very organized, so you know what's coming in, what's going out, and you have you have flexibility in your budget. I hate seeing the budgets, and sometimes this is just part of life, but you have so much flexibility that you basically have thirty five hundred a month you can save in addition to everything else you're doing. Right, exactly, exactly. And like I, again, I, I think this is the this is the first month when I have that new mortgage, so it's a little bit higher than my um, than my when I was renting, and I actually reduced the amount that I was sending each month to Ally. It used to be like, I think 1200 now it's 500 just because I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yep. But this is super helpful. So thank you for walking me through that. Yeah, absolutely. And we haven't even talked about the, the bonus, which is significant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah. Very fortunate okay. in that way too. Yeah. So let's talk about, okay, so you want to go through the benefits real quick and then we'll maybe talk about that probably will segue nicely into your 401k. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So your benefit package, I thought was excellent. I thought it was like written in English. Sometimes it's hard to understand, but you have a lot of benefits available to you. And obviously when they give you these 40 page documents, people are like, oh, this is boring. Yours is like pretty well written. I mean, it's, you know, it's a little dull, but it's, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's, got like some colors and yeah, they're trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they did a good job. So the way it works for corporate warriors, I'll call you all, um, is every year there is an open enrollment. And that's your period of time where you can go in and select or make changes to your existing benefit coverage. And it generally, not always, but generally does happen in the fall. So you're under your um, open enrollment period right now. It started literally today. Literally today. Oh, so perfect timing. So one of the, the big benefits you get is we have a lot, but the one that was interesting to you was the medical benefits. So you have the option because there's the state for people who work in the state where the company is based, they have a different option because it's a more regional plan. When you work out of state, you're going to be in the other one. So the Mm -hmm. big breakdown is going to be whether or not you have a high deductible plan or you don't have a high deductible plan. That's going to be the choice, the biggest decision. decision. And there's always so much talk about this. What it really breaks down to is with a high deductible plan, you get what's called a health savings account with that. So people talk about like, oh, I'm going to get a health savings account. You can only have a health savings account if you have a high deductible plan. And the purpose of the health savings account is to allow you and your employer, in your case, you have a generous employer. So Mm -hmm. they are going to help contribute to it. Not that's not always the case, is that this money is saved to help offset the, the potentially higher costs with that selection, right? So the difference, so, so people say, I just want a health savings account. I'm like you can't just go get one. You have to be like eligible and your, your eligibility is based on the type of health insurance that you have. So if you select the high right. deductible plan, so for instance, for you, the difference is going to be your annual deductible individual um, without the high deductible plan 
is 600. If you go to the high deductible, yeah. it's 2000. This is all within network. You mm-hmm. also then have a higher um, out of pocket maximum. So the non HSA plan is going to be the 3000. And then this is for individual. It's mm-hmm. 4,500. And then if you look and I'll tell you, it's on page nine of your benefit package, but yeah, yeah I'm, right. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Okay. So then they have fixed costs when you don't do the uh, high deductible. Yeah. When you don't yeah. do the HSA um, eligible plan. So like, for instance, if you go to the primary care, it's $25 or $35 or try, you know exactly what it is where the other one is percentages mm-hmm. as you see. Yeah. So I don't, you don't really know what it's going to cost because your other one's a fixed dollar amount. The other one's a percentage. Well, and so can I ask a question about that? Because I yeah. see that it says like, for, as an example, okay, primary care office says it. So let's pretend that every one of your listeners goes to either an annual physical or an OBGYN if they're female, right? Like once a year. So, mm-hmm. uh, and so this is saying for me, if I, in my non-HSA or like the lower cost one, it's like an ETL yep. plan that it would be $25 for copay. So every time I go to the doctor or the OBGYN, it would be $25. The, yeah. the um, HSA version, the more expensive one with the higher deductible is saying that it's 10% of the cost once you hit that deductible, which is $2,000 if it's in network, correct? I believe so. And this story gets like a little nuanced because health insurance is very specific to the plan and the way they structure it. Yeah. I don't think... It could be, yes, you would hit your $2,000 deductible and then potentially have 10%. And they don't, so the hard part about your this is they don't give us a scenario, right? They right, give scenarios right. with like everything else except your health insurance. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, it's supposed to be confusing. I also feel like these are meant to, it feels as though insurance is meant to like confuse the insurance like owner. Yeah, I think it is. And so like I what I would want to know also is like I don't know what the what does your doctor charge for a primary care visit? Right. Like I I don't even know. That's a great question because I've only ever paid the copay because I've always done the in-network EPO plan and done also something else to know it was I I do an FSA so a um flexible sa- a flexible Flex- spending account. Yes, yep. which which my understanding is the flexible saving spending account is amount is an amount each year that I um, like say, I want to, I want to take this money out. And so this year it was $700 and yeah. I will spend it against like, if I order contacts or if I have like yep. whatever else, right. Like if I broke my arm and need to go to yep. urgent care. That's, I can that's that correct. Way. Yeah. But it does not roll over. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think when it comes down to the high deductible or the not, I think you need to, I would, if I was going to do the high deductible, if you're someone who, so, and I do think that women fall into this camp and I hate to generalize, but yeah. My husband never goes to the doctor, like ever, ever, ever. And he literally like never gets sick. I go to the doctor all the time. Like I go to my, I have like a list of my doctors, everybody I see annually. I like constantly get sinus infections. So I'm constantly going to urgent care. So like personally for me, like I don't want to go through and figure out like, what am I going to be paying on the high deductible? Right. Cause I, you need to kind of do a little bit of homework, I would think. Yeah. So for me, I would, even if it would save me a little bit of money, I don't want to try and figure this out because I'm basically a given that I'm going to spend money on medical. So for right. me, I would do where everything's covered. I know what my fixed cost is because I can budget better. My husband yeah. would be like, yes, sign me up for the high deductible. I hope to never see a doctor. Yeah. That would be fine. And I, I do think that women are more, take more precautions, not always, but generally speaking, yeah, that's fair. a little bit more sound decision-making yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would say that the big difference is, and this is where it, be, it once again is a dis, 
a personal decision is how often do you go to the doctors? What are you currently spending on healthcare? And mm-hmm. is switching to higher deductible going to save you money or cost you money? And a lot of that is on note because you could have a medical event that you didn't obviously plan for. Most right. important, like I'm planning on being sick on October and I plan on it being expensive. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was tired of taking so many supplements and wanted a single solution that supports my entire body. I drink AG1 in the morning before making my coffee and it makes me feel ready to take on my day. It helps me save time and makes my life so much easier because it's just one scoop in the morning. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment, for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. That's drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. Check it out today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I was going to ask, can I ask two things? Where I'm leaning towards is the EPO plan yep. versus the like higher deductible HSA plan. And... One of the things I was considering is so, and as I was thinking about this too, like I said, I have a great team of, of women that I work with and some of them have families, some of them are hoping to have families. And it's like, if you are hoping to have a baby, you probably should have the higher deductible yeah. plan with the benefits, correct? No, I would say if you're hoping to have a baby, I would, I would actually look at the EPO. Oh, it's okay. a fixed cost. Yeah. That's fair. The higher deductible, depending, you know, it can be very expensive to have a baby. And if you're paying a percentage of everything, you have a capped out of pocket. Yeah. But it's higher. Right. On the it's higher on the high deductible plan. Your out of pocket is going to be higher for that plan. Yeah. Right. It's so, fourteen hundred dollars higher. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're a family plan, right? Yeah. So it's I even, see. yeah, it's higher. Yeah, it's and they yeah. and and then they have an individual, so like for the family plan, they have an individual cap as well so like it's mm-hmm. 7100 per person in the in for the family plan that's so it's like pretty high so, yeah that's i was gonna say that's so high okay got it that makes sense then so yeah, the and so, plan yeah it's better i i would think i would think and so what once again it's going to come down to like what are your doctors costing what do you think is going to be happening and that's how i would evaluate it i wouldn't people really get sold on well i get an hsa with it yeah but in theory the mm-hmm. hsa could be completely spent on <laughs> You're out of pocket, right? Or you're higher deductible. Whenever the government gives you something, you usually, it it's not without giving something up. Does that free. make sense? Yeah. It's not yeah, free. Sure. So the yeah. reason they like the high deductible is because less cost, right, to the company. You're, you're personally going to spend more money if you're using it. And so therefore, they they offset the high deductible plan with the HSA, allowing you to save and the company will fund it as well. So Basically, the company, your company is saying they're going to put $150 a month into it for you, which is $1,800. dollars 
you uh-huh. can put money into it, but the funding limit per the IRS is 4,150. It's higher. Oh, it's right. a higher limit, which is why people really like it, but it's a higher limit because your obligation and your risk is higher with the high deductible plan. So it should right. be a higher contribution limit and it should right. roll over, right? Because if you're going to stay yeah. on that high deductible plan next year, everything resets for you. Right. So in theory, heard, you could spend that whole amount in one year, in theory. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I've heard some um, other, you know, financial institutions or, you know, um, Instagram influencers, whatever you want to call them, talk about how, you know, an HSA is a great way to like build your savings tax-free. And I'm like, right. But as I look at these numbers that we're looking at here today, it's so much, it comes at a greater cost. And I don't even know if I'm going to use that. Right. So it's like, what's the... It's great if you put it all in there and you never have a medical expense and you don't really incur any bills. Yeah, it's great. But I don't know. I get sick. I mean, it's there's definitely people out there that don't. So yeah, if you don't have any medical issues and you don't really use your plan and you're stocking away $4,000 a year and not using it, absolutely. You could have a really nice additional retirement account, right? Right. right? You can use it for retirement if you want down the road. But that's if you don't use the healthcare plan or you don't use the entire amount due to healthcare costs. Right. They sell it as like a retirement plan. It's not. It's meant to help offset tax efficiently your potentially additional healthcare costs. That's what it's meant for. If you maximize your 401k, that's your retirement plan, right? That doesn't, hopefully we never touch if you have full medical coverage, we don't have an event there. And the, the, the FSA, the flexible spending account has a limit of, $3,050 that you can put in. So it's not a huge difference. The big difference with the FSA is you can't use, you can't continue to roll it over indefinitely. You can only do roll over $610 to the next year. But as you know, because you had it, it can be used for your co-pays, your deductible. It can be used for some over-the-counter medicines and you're buying all of that with pre-tax dollars, which is nice. Yep. Yep. You got it. And I also, um, which I think is also some, maybe something you should do potentially a future podcast on is I froze my eggs about four years ago and um, it was a, a great thing to do. And I used a lot of my um, FSA dollars towards that as well. I mean, it was not cheap, okay. but um, right. that's something else. I think that if, if people are thinking about that, right, as like fertility becomes more of a thing in our country and people are looking to have babies later or whatever, I think that's also something to consider in terms of all of this. Yeah, actually, that's a great point because I did see that your company offers fertility benefits. Yep, you got it. Which is amazing. So yeah, I think when it comes down to the healthcare, my... My recommendation for anyone listening is you need to take a look at whether you're going to be on a family plan, employee of a spouse, or just employee. And then I would look at your health care needs and where mm-hmm. you think you're going to be, what plan is going to be the most beneficial for your health care needs. I would not get sold on, well, this is a better plan because it has an HSA. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because so we I'm can take, with what I'm doing. yeah, because we can take care of your retirement with the retirement vehicle, which is your 401k. Exactly. That has okay. a $23,000 limit, not a $4,000 right. limit <laughs> exactly. that you're hoping exactly. that you don't need to cover, exactly. you know, for healthcare. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not to say, and I will say, if you know you have a year where you're like feeling really great, I don't know. And you're like, I definitely am not going to be sick this year. I'm going to switch over and put 4000 in the HSA. You can, you can, you're you not locked in. Every year is open enrollment. You can always right. make a different choice. Right. But it's a risk if you because you don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, I think that as women, we're a bit more risk adverse when it comes to health. I don't know. I've just yes, noticed that. I definitely am. Mm-hmm. I just don't ever want to find out I have to have a test and now I'm out of pocket. And 
I have had a higher deductible as a small business owner without yeah. an option of any anything else, if that makes sense. Like there wasn't yeah. anything. So the deductibles were just always higher than what I was used to working for a company. And when I had corporate benefits, everything was just covered, right? Like I didn't right. spend a yeah. lot and everything yeah. was always, I didn't ever have to worry about getting a bill. And I always seemed to have the worst luck. Like I broke my ankle, which was expensive. Oh. After the the year reset, my re, my year reset in September, and I broke my ankle September twenty fourth. So there oh, goes. No. Yeah, I'd already met my deductible for the prior year, but my re. But then I broke my ankle right up. Oh. Literally, not even thirty days after my. Oh deductible. my goodness! Oh, what are the chances? But that, well, that's my luck. So I'm just right. the type of person where I'm just like, I, you know, if you're lucky or not. Like, yeah, so and you like, know, you, you want to have the coverage, and I just, I'm, I'm like, I don't know, somebody that would rather have it than not. So yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. And so every, so it's for everybody. It's different, but I, I think that war, my warning thing would be don't get sold into a high deductible plan because you really want this health savings account. That's all over TikTok. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's just a little account to help you pay pre-tax for medical. It's not yeah. meant to be a retirement vehicle. Correct. And even if you have a $23,000 vehicle that's readily available, that's not getting sun phrases on TikTok, right? That's your 401k. That's exactly. like, that's where we want to be in my opinion. Yes. I completely agree. Emily. Okay, so so let's talk about this. You have an amazing um, 401k match and you have profit sharing, which is something we don't talk about all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, which is great. And so, th- and, and there's another really unique benefit that I've literally never seen. And so that's what I also, you have a lot. Yeah. So we, we're not going to go yeah. through all 44 sure. pages, but yeah. So in terms of your 401k, you have a Roth option and a, a pre-tax option, which most plans have, but then you also yeah. have a 3% dollar for dollar match up until your annual compensation limit, which is rare. It usually caps. So your um, contribution limit works out to be $7,350 on your 401k. But then on top of that, you also get a 6% profit sharing, know, which is amazing, great. which What's- is amazing. What can you walk me through like the whole idea of like vested versus not vested? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know what? Speaking of, I don't even know if I saw your vesting schedule on here. Do, 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 do. So vesting versus non-vested. So when you're vested, all of those dollars are yours. Okay. So most companies will have to have a vesting schedule, which I just realized I did not see on here. I don't yep, think it's nope. in here. Nope. It's not in there. You don't leave. So I also love that your company says, if you can't afford to save that much, make sure you're saving up to the matching amount so you don't leave any free money behind. Right. Like, no one true. ever says that. I yeah. love that. They're, They're trying like, to help, you know? I appreciate they, that. They are really trying to enhance your benefit and make sure you use it. So the best thing means that you once you're vested, it's your money. So because your company is putting in a lot of money on your behalf, there's usually a vesting schedule. It literally, I do not see that in here. So you might yeah. have, it is possible it's an immediate vest. It doesn't say anywhere. Um, your profit sharing, you have to have completed 12 months of service, meaning, and it's for, you know, full-time workers. Yeah. But it says yours is vested when I looked at your statement. So, and it yeah. does not, I did not see a vesting schedule. So in theory, here's how other companies do it. They yeah. say yeah. that, and, and you've been for your with your company for a while? Uh, yeah, almost a decade. Yeah, okay. So uh, let's just say like it's a five-year vesting schedule. We'll just use an easy one. So they give you 7000 They give you more. But your, your, your match, your 3% match is $7,000 and change a year. So you would have to stay for a full five years to get 100% of it. So if you left okay. after year one, you only get to keep 20% of it. That makes sense. Okay. It's like 1400 Yeah. So that's what the vesting schedule is. 
Um, I'm just looking in the fine print, but I also don't see it in there. So it is possible. And this would be like a good question for them. I would just be curious what the Vesca schedule is. You've obviously met it. It, it. Usually after five years, anything from that point on is fully vested. It's just if yeah. you leave in, in the interim. Okay. So you're probably fully, you're definitely fully vested on whatever you've put in because it looks like that on your statement. But no, I don't see a vesting schedule noted in this very long benefits package. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, it's, it's a little intimidating. So I appreciate you walking through it and looking looking at all the pieces. Yeah. So I'm not sure what your vesting schedule is, but that's standardly how it works. But I would ask what the vesting schedule is. You've probably already met it. Everything on your statement looks like it's vested. But for anyone listening, you want to know what your vesting schedule is. And I always say, if you were to leave your company, which you have a great, seems like your benefits are amazing. Your pay is mm-hmm. great. So mm-hmm. I don't see any reason to leave this company. But yeah. if you are a listener and you're thinking of leaving your company, one thing I always say is see where you are with your vesting schedule because you could be leaving a lot of money on the table by not waiting to yeah. invest. That's a good point. Okay. I will find that out. That's a great question to ask. Okay. And now the other thing I want to mention. So I know that you're an only child. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reason reasons women tend to not make as much money as men over their careers because they take a step back for childcare, but also right. take a step back for ailing or ill parents. Yeah. Right. Those are the two big things that affect women more than affect men. Yeah. On your benefits package, they have a long-term care insurance, which is not attractive for you given your age, Sure. but it says it's also available. Hold on, let me get back to the page. I was looking around for. Okay. Yeah. Long, it has a really pretty picture um, page 27 long-term care insurance. Um, okay, is yeah. eligible yeah. for coverage under the company healthcare plans. Also, I've never seen this. Spouses, parents, parents-in-law, grandparents, grandparents-in-law, siblings and adult children also may purchase coverage. Oh, that's great. Uh, long-term care is for either at home or in a facility. Obviously, at-home care is more affordable, usually more preferable, right? Because yeah. st- yeah. people stay in their home. It assists with the activities of daily living. So activities of daily living are abbreviated as ADLs. And so this mm-hmm. is when you determine whether someone needs what's called skilled care. Okay. You have to, if you, there's like, this is the qualifying to use a long-term care is usually you're not able to, I think it's two of the six, but here are your activities of daily living, bathing, dressing, toileting, continence, meaning you like, don't go to the bathroom, yeah. you don't need a diaper, eating, or suffering cognitive impairments, such as like Alzheimer's. I would assume dementia would be in there too. Yeah, for sure. So long-term care, so it depends on your state. But like, for instance, in New York state, going into a long-term care facility is, I think it's running like 16,000 a month for a non-private room. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, crazy expensive. Crazy expensive. It depends on the state, depends on the county, all of that. Um, but as being as, and I'm making an inference here, but being an only child, if it were me looking at this, I'd be like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe not to do it, but to explore it, to see yeah. like is, because you have such an amazing benefit package and generally yeah. group benefits are better than anything you buy on your own, right? Because you're going in as a group. And so they're going to offer sweeteners and more attractive deals because they have the opportunity. Well, I don't know how many people work in your company. Let's just say 10,000. Yeah. So someone going in and having the opportunity for 10,000, it's like Walmart, right? They get a better price on a toaster than if you buy a toaster, right? Yes, like yeah. Walmart's buying 10,000 toasters. So that's how they get the price discount. Yes. So I would explore this. Okay. And just yeah, see absolutely. what it is. I don't know okay. if your parents have long-term care, if they care about long-term care, but to me, this yeah. would be interesting as a professional 
Yeah. Um, that if God forbid your parents needed care, you don't want to quit your job, right? Right. Right. And this seems like a great way to help uh, offset yes, some of the exactly. care. Yeah. So not to say I would have to like you. We'd have to talk about your parents and all of that. But I read this and I was like, what? Yeah. It seems like a great benefit that I honestly like. I always read it and I always go, oh, do I need it? And that was going to ask. I was going to ask you about like supplemental life insurance and all that because like. I've heard that once you hit the age 40, a lot of that yeah. incremental life insurance gets more expensive. And so do you think it's, be it's better to buy like additional supplemental life insurance through the company so, as well? So here's what I think. I thought, so that was the next, so that's next page is life in AD. So accidental yes. death and just memory. So that's your next yeah. page. So yeah. your coverage based on your salary, if you get 3X, your base salary is your coverage yeah. with work. And so but you're going to cap out because 3X right. of your base salary yeah, it's going to be greater. So your max, yeah. yeah. So your max they pay out is five hundred thousand. So that's yeah. great. And you want to do? You want to make sure? I saw that you have beneficiaries listed on your four hundred one k. You want to make sure you have a beneficiary listed for the life insurance that yeah. you get through work. Yeah. Here's I what I would do. You might stay there forever. It seems like an amazing company. Mm -hmm. I would get my own coverage outside of work. Okay. God forbid you lost your job. Yeah, you would that. also lose that coverage and you I are see. right at 37. So what I would do, and this is all hypothetical, like you froze your eggs yeah. and stuff. So maybe the idea at some point is to have kids. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. Right. So then I would do like my future, I did it this way. What would you want for your future family? Family. I would think of the $500,000 is the cherry on top, but like, what would you want as your own insurance? You now have, you don't have really any risk at this moment because if it would be a tragedy if you went skydiving and it didn't work out. Right. Like personal tragedy for <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah. in your life. Right. But it wouldn't be a financial tragedy for anyone in your life. Right, right. Like you're I'm I'm assuming it would be your parents or your beneficiaries or a friend or something yep. or a cousin. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then, you know, you go skydiving, you know, it doesn't work out. Someone sells the condo, right? And then yep. if there's $500,000 of your investments and $500,000 from the company, right? Got like it. there's no financial tragedy. There's a personal tragedy yes. where it gets complicated is, okay, let's just play out the future family. You decide, you meet somebody, you decide to have kids at 40. Now, yes. First of all, you can't get life insurance when you're pregnant. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I did not know that. That's, no. that's yeah. just another way that the country hates <laughs> women. Yeah. So you can't do it while you're pregnant. You have okay. to wait till you're not pregnant. Yeah. So then you get pregnant, you're like, oh, shoot, you know, we have a million, you know, if anything happens to me, there's a million dollars, right? But what, what's your remaining mortgage amount? Just throw that out. Like four E1 or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So like you're, yeah, the life insurance will pay off the mortgage that gets sold and then you sold the 500. So what I would do is play out the future family. Like what would you want? You can always add more, but I would lock in while you're young and healthy, your own term coverage. And as okay. most of our listeners know, I hate whole life. Yeah. I like yeah. term. Okay. You can get it for pretty cheap. Like for $2 million, you can, you'll probably spend like $150 a month. You, okay. You just, just, I would decide what you think your future family, what would you be happy with? And I would get it for 30 years. That brings you to age 67. At 67, there should be no financial tragedy. We've had 30 years. Yeah. There'll be lots of money. The mortgage is paid. Even if you have a child at 40, right? In three yeah. years, you yeah. still have like 27 years left on the insurance. Even if you have a child at 42, in five years, you still have 25 years left on the insurance. And right. now you own your insurance. So it doesn't matter where you work or what you do. You have your own coverage. That's independent okay. of employee benefits. That's awesome. That's great to know. I'm going to look into that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely.
So yes, I would not do the supplemental because you get enough of a benefit already. And so what I would do is have your own because then okay. it's carried with you. Yeah. There is, do you do any of the short-term or long-term disability? I think I have in the past. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I like it. Um, you're actually statistically more likely to have a disability than you are to have a bad skydiving accident. Sure. And die. Yeah, that's fair. I would consider that. It's, it okay. covers an extended illness or an injury. It doesn't have pricing on here. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, on page 30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I, I just think now that you have, you know, like if you got sick and had to step away from work for 30 or 60 days or 90 days or something, what what happens? Would you take an unpaid leave? Or what? I hope I would have coverage, right? Yeah, so that's where I think that would step in. But it okay. doesn't, It do, I do think that like even everything was pretty extensive. This page, they I feel like they skipped over. So what it says yeah. here is the plan covers you income replacement of 60% of your base salary in case of an extended illness or injury up to a certain maximum after you've been disabled for one week. You can select whether the benefit would be taxable or non, non-taxable. In the event of a post-tax benefit, you'll receive imputed income on your paycheck. So when that you receive the disability benefit, it will be tax-free. It's inter, integrated with the state disability insurance, um, workers' comp, and any other deductible. So I don't think, to me, it like really wouldn't matter whether it was deductible or not deductible, meaning like taxable or not taxable. Hold on, I'm looking at this. Um, accident insurance, I did not have hospital indemnity. Yeah, there's hospital indemnity insurance that pays a benefit if you stay in a hospital. Okay, so basic AD&D, right? That's what you said? No, disability. Oh, oh disability. Keep, keep, keep going down. Like short-term disability. And long-term disability, yep. Oh, long-term disability. I just have coverage, it all says. Does it, does that, it need to approved approved amount? It just says like ten thousand dollars approved amount. No, do do, do do do. That's weird. So there's there's the critical illness is a lump sum that's different than short term or long term disability. Right. So short term so, and long term disability, I, I'm covered under both. It says that there's zero semi monthly cost. I think it's just something that they give to you. Oh, that'd be great. Where do you see that? Uh, it's it's I'm actually like in the portal where I'm gonna select oh. like. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're not, not on the, the benefits package. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you already have. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I just making sure I didn't miss something here. Um, so you, no, you see that you have short-term and long-term disability as a benefit through work. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay. That's what, that was the only one. If you didn't have it, you can sometimes add that. Okay. So I think that's great. Wonderful. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely make sure I renew that if you will. Yes. Make sure that you renew that. Um, yeah. It's, oh, it says here, the election is irrevocable for the plan year and the election will be carried forward to any subsequent plan years unless you make election during open enrollment. Yeah. So yes, I would just make sure that that stays on. Sure. And then the only other thing, just want to make sure that you jot this down, is when you, your life insurance benefit, yep. it says that you have to go to the benefit center to make sure that you have a beneficiary just specifically for the life insurance offered through sure. work. Okay. But then I think we have all the big things covered. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here. You also have pet insurance. Yeah, um, I saw that. That's so funny. Yeah. So I would make sure you have the beneficiary and then for your your life insurance that's offered through work, I would get your own life insurance plan because you can carry that with you the next 30 years. Because here's the issue. People say, well, I'm never going to leave the company. We don't know what's going to happen. If they did like a round of layoffs and when you're right. 45 and you've yeah. had a cancer instance, then you're going to get insurance at 45 after having had cancer, right? Right. So I think better to lock it in and have your own policy you carry around. I would make sure that, yeah, the disability is re-upped because 
I think that's important. And then for an investigation, I would find out what the long-term care is, not for you, but okay. maybe your yeah, parents want time. access to that. Yeah. yeah. And then do you have any recommendations of where to start in terms of finding my own um, supplemental outside life insurance? Like, is there a site that you recommend to look into it? Cause I'm, you know, there's different rates and stuff like that. Yes. What you, what you're going to look for is going to be, you want level term, meaning you want okay. the premiums to stay the same. And I would look at it for 30 years. And then for you, I just think you need to figure out like what amount you want. Sure. Now, remember, I think it's better to get more because you could always reduce the face value. But if you want to go get more insurance later, you're going to go through another medical. I see. Okay. Okay. That's super helpful. Awesome. Thank you. And then let me see here with my notes, but I do think we covered everything. So what I would do in the time being, because you're, we've, we've, you've maxed out your 401k. So you're getting the 3% match. You're maxing out the IRS limit of 23,000. You're doing both the pre-tax and the Roth, which is great. So what I would do from this point on, because I know houses are expensive, and so you just did that, is I would continue to save as much. You get your cash account up. I would buff up that, and it'll be in the high-yield savings account. So it's Lisa's making a bit over 4%. And then once you buff that up a bit, then from there, I would say your next step from an investment standpoint is to do an investment account on your own outside of that. Okay. Okay. Great. But I I would shoot to, this is people are going to think I'm crazy. I would shoot to get it maybe up to like seventy five or eighty thousand in cash. Okay. Okay. It's a lot of money, but you have a condo. Yep. I, know, I feel like I'm going to get heat for that online, but yeah, no. I, that's what I would do because it, for you to get up to like seventy seventy to eighty thousand is just going to take a couple like a year, a little yeah. like about a year, yeah. and then that way you have a really solid emergency fund, like more so because you have a mortgage. It's all on you. Remember, as yes. a single yeah. woman. So you yeah. have more than enough money. If God forbid you ever lost your job, you literally have no no worries. Right, exactly. Okay, I love that. And I would love to come back on and talk to you um, when I do get that bonus. Oh, the talk bonus. About how, we spend, how we should spend it. Yeah, I would love to do a follow-up episode. Oh, yeah, let's do a follow-up because then that would basically shore up your emergency fund, would get it up to a nice number. And then from there, at this now you're ready now to save outside of work with like exactly. another investment account. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Amazing. Wonderful. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Did I answer all your questions? Oh my gosh. Yes. This has been so helpful. I really, really appreciate it. Wonderful. Well, for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram for most up-to-date information. We are Future Rich Podcast. And I will ask you if you like the podcast, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us either on Apple or on Spotify. <laughs>